Texas is a frozen hellhole, but don't let this distract you from the fact that Hector is going to be running three Honda Civics with spoon engines. And on top of that, he just went into Harry's and bought three T66 turbos with NOS and a Mortec exhaust system. What? Listen, when you said I was going to be confused, I had my doubts. <laughs> what? What did you just say? How are those two things related? I, I don't understand. <laughs> I don't, honestly. What the hell is that? I demand elaboration, Uchi. Okay, so Texas is a frozen hellhole right now. Yes. That means no explanation. Polar Vortex. Kind of kicks the hell out of you. I did not think the Polar Vortex would ever go that far south, to be honest. Mm -hmm. Does it every couple years. Did it particularly nasty this time. Anyways, what about Very the cars? What, what the hell's going on? That's a reference from the first Fast and Furious movie. <laughs> So stupid. <laughs> so, so stupid. <laughs> what is this cold open? What is this? I mean, okay, the movie is extremely serious, so I figured the cold opening should be fun. <laughs> you know? Before I tell everyone why capitalism is wrong and the white uh. man is the devil. Hey! <laughs> <laughs> the white man in a police uniform is the devil. There you go. It's yes. the cops. Yes. The pigs. <laughs> <laughs> the pig's time. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah, no, I mean, man. you know, sometimes it's just, it's weird. Because the, yeah, police brutality, it's a serious issue, you know? Oh, it's a serious, serious issue. issue. Yeah. It's just, yeah. It never changes. That's the saddest part about it. <laughs> it has not changed. It, it has been static for, like, the past hundred years at this point. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like, I remember a while back. I was at the BLM rally, right? And they're like, we are going to abolish the police the police system. And the argument is like, how do you fundamentally change something that is so racist to in this institution? Mm -hmm. Can you change that? Or is it just better off to start again? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I mean, that's the whole premise behind it, right? Is literally take away responsibilities and reassign them to mm -hmm. other organizations that are built from the ground up, that are built specifically to solve so many problems and like cops should exclusively be reactions to violent crime and that's it mm -hmm. and even then it's also worth to draw distinctions between detectives and cops right because that, that's another thing yeah. that sort, could sort of be outsourced mm -hmm. and it, it's something oh man it, it's it's a it's a tricky issue to tackle <laughs> and we are most certainly going to miss in our discussion on this podcast, but I think it's worth trying. Yeah, I guess so. That mm -hmm. makes sense. I mean, you know, at this point, we already have our Black Messiah, so let's just jump into it and not be Judas. <sighs> I wasn't going to even try for a pun, but I'll yeah. give it to <laughs> <laughs> Wait, right, Uchi said to like, keep it light, so... <laughs> I don't know who the Black Messiah is. Like, who's your Black Messiah? My Black Messiah? I have three. Bernie Sanders. <laughs> <laughs> Bernie Sanders is my black messiah. Oh my hey, goodness. Listen, yes. He's better than some of these other black messiahs like I don't know, Kamara Harris. So, oh. no. Let's be honest here. There were three there is the Trinity of Black Messiahs, and that is in order Martin Luther King, Malcolm X, and Muhammad Ali. To me, anyways. Yeah. That's it. I mean I could find a lot of other ones. You've got Nelson Mandela, 
Yeah, uh, I, I thought we're speaking like purely African American. If we're talking like just African in general, then Nelson Mandela is definitely up. There. I mean, yo, I'm African to the bone, you know. Yeah, like guy's a hero. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like so I know, like I'm out here screaming defund the police, but like at the end of the day, I'm still African. You know, I gotta rub my African pride, <laughs> my my people. You know. Oh my goodness. You know, like in Africa, you don't find no Judas's. <laughs> what? <laughs> That's why I'm not even. I don't even agree with that statement. First of all, I yeah. <laughs> because wait, wait, wait. Do you know who the only Judas I've ever met is? Uchi, you realize Pam. you realize Af- Okay, so I should say this before wait, we start no, the show. No, you missed it. I said Pam. I know. I, I heard that. Judas, I know. <laughs> I should say this before we start the show, okay? Because to some extent, I feel like. As Africans who like actually came from the continent Africa in our lifetime, our ancestors were the Judases to the African Americans. <laughs> I mean, I feel. I not. mean, no, no. I'm sorry. It's not my fault that my people were short, not strong enough, and could run faster. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness! I'm sorry. Look, like. If we're gonna bring this up, you know, like the white people came on their boats and saw the coast of Malawi, like, oh, that man's only five foot nine. Nope, <laughs> he can't pick no cotton. <laughs> oh my goodness! All right, let's start the show. impersonating a federal officer or you can go home the black bands are forming a rainbow coalition of oppressed brothers and sisters of every color their aim is to sow hatred and inspire terror I will learn all that I can. I will learn. these ain't no terrorists you can murder a liberator but you can't murder liberation you can murder a revolutionary but you can't murder a revolution Welcome to Northern Critic Podcast. I'm your co-host, Sam Shinobi. Uchi Sumaka. And Michael Navashnoff. Yeah. Yeah. No tagline, Uchi. What's uh, going on? Am I mean, a revolutionary. A revolutionary. 
I don't need no tagline for this movie. Everyone knows what this movie's about. You're looking at one year for the stolen car and five years for impersonating a federal officer. <laughs> That's all I got. Anyways. A revolutionary. I am a revolutionary. Man, that scene got me. Yeah, yeah I was about to start chanting that in my living room as well. Well, I mean... <laughs> If anything, this movie taught me to keep my eyes open for them Uncle Toms out there. You them know? Uncle Toms. <laughs> Those enemies them of progress. Yeah. Them rats. You know who they are. <laughs> oh my goodness. They didn't. That was the problem. Because <laughs> some of these rats were good. Yeah. That's I had crazy. me convinced. <laughs> um, on this episode of the podcast, we are reviewing... The 2020, I guess, drama. What, what would we call this? What, it's, what a drama. Think- it's a drama. It's a drama. Is there a thr- historical is there a thr- drama? Historical historical drama? drama. Is there a thriller no. attached to this? No. You know? I wouldn't say thriller. I, I, I would not put it in that category because this was just a slow burn the whole way through. <laughs> it was a good slow burn, though, at least for me, anyway. Oh, it, <laughs> it, 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 yeah, I'll get into structural things later yeah. uh, as a whole the message was like top notch but anyways so, judas and the messiah is a 2021 the black messiah wait yeah black judas messiah. and the black messiah yeah wait is i'm it... gonna say this for people if anyone thinks jesus was white newsflash he wasn't he was actually russian i'm kidding no he wasn't russian either uh, <laughs> no, let's, make judas, let's make jesus every single race except for white no. jesus was actually asian so um asian asian jesus is something i need no. now vietnamese <laughs> jesus just dripped in swag you. <laughs> you know what no i i could do scottish jesus <laughs> yeah scottish, I love scottish jesus <laughs> oh my goodness i would want to see colombian jesus that's just me. <laughs> I want to say something really messed up. I you know I'm not gonna say it. No. Or French. No. Fr- I don't know about French Jesus though. But, nah, uh, I don't have a pretentious Jesus. <laughs> a pretentious Jesus. How about an American Jesus? There you go. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want that. Americans already think they have Jesus. Oh my goodness. Uh, Judas this movie's told us they need Jesus. <laughs> And gun control. Yo, okay. Wait, wait, wait. <laughs> I, I like the way someone pointed this out, right? They're like, all these like super like right-wing conservative people who like saying, what would Jesus do, right? If Jesus was alive today, they would crucify him. Yep. <laughs> yep. Because this oh, man was out here advocating, advocating for equality, feeding the, the poor, helping the poor. They'd be like, we don't do that here. We don't, we don't do that. <laughs> Oh my goodness. Judas and the Black Messiah is a 2021 American biogeographical drama film about the betrayal of Fred Hampton, chairman of the Illinois chapter of the Black Panther Party in the late 1960s, Chicago. Um, At the hands of William O'Neill, an FBI informant, um, basically that's where Fred Hampton meets his demise. Um, It stars the likes of Daniel Kaluuya, uh, Lakeith Stanfield, Jesse P- uh, Pimans, Dominique Fishback, yeah, um, Anton San- Ashton Sanders, Daryl Britt Gibson, uh, Lil Rel Howery, 
Al G Smith, which I was very surprised to see Al G Smith in there. He's he's the real young up and coming actor, uh, and Martin Sheen as well. Uh, the film is directed and produced by Shaka King, who wrote the screenplay with Will Burson, based on the story by the pair and Kenny and Keith Lucas. So um, the film has been in the work for several in the works for several years, um, with both the Lucas brothers and Will Burson writing and shopping screenplays individually since 2014. Uh, the uh, Burson's version almost got made with F. Gary Gray um, directing, but it fell through. So basically this film fell through, I think, once or twice before it was actually like supposed to be made. Um, and then the cast joined in 2019, and with the blessings of Hampton's family, the timing taking place that fall in Ohio just kind of, it just jump-started things. So as soon as Fred Hampton's real family was like, yeah, let's do it, they said, okay, we're going to do it for real this time. Um, it is now sitting at a, what is it, 90, I don't even know what it's sitting at right now, 91? It's a high 96. 96. 96. Okay, it's 96 right now on Rotten Tomatoes, um, and has also, uh, well, it's also one of the predicted movies to premiere, well, not premiere, but um, to get nominated for the... 93rd uh, Oscars as well this year. So, yeah. I don't know. Thoughts? Initial thoughts on this film? I am a revolutionary. <laughs> okay, you know what? Let me talk about, like, first of all, like, the actual, like, characters, like, the acting, right? Because we all know I, I, I stand like Keith Stanfield, right? Mm-hmm. I think that dude's amazing, right? Mm-hmm. But Daniel Korea stole this movie. <laughs> yeah, he did. <laughs> this man stole this movie like charisma. Ah, <laughs> he had me out there as well. I'm like, yo, I am a revolutionary. <laughs> like, let's go. <laughs> like the man walks into the scene, he just carries everything. Like his presence was like, amazing. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Let's talk about other stuff. Like the actual plot. Like everything about this movie was pretty good. Like mm-hmm. it's hard for me to say because my roommate said it best. This movie speaks to. Him my sense of it is it's it's all me you know mm-hmm. like i knew walking this into this movie i was going to love it and i came out loving it right mm-hmm. the characters were great the story was great you know it's like it's it's hard to say why it is because it is based on a true story right mm-hmm. i everything that happened was a true is like a true story right this man's brought together three prominent street gangs to for the good of people mm-hmm. yeah. and the fbi was like no you shouldn't do that you know he formed a rainbow coalition and the he fbi was still coalition. like no <laughs> so stop yeah <laughs> you know this man said like he was great you know I and mean, this movie is amazing and it's like it's kind of sad at the end of the movie because it's just like this happened in the 60s and 70s and nothing's changed. Yeah. Like, okay, stuff has changed, but nothing's changed, I, you know? I have a question for you, though, because this movie kind of shed light on the fact that the FBI or just like upper management, quote unquote, is responsible for pitting communities against each other to like to halt progress, right? So... Mm-hmm. Like, would you say, like, theoretically, that's also what's happening now, where, like, liberals are being pit against conservatives? Yeah. And it's like, 
it's almost like they get high off of that conflict. You know what I mean? You took the words out of my mouth. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. Like, so. I, I would not be surprised if, like, the year 2050, someone's making a biopic about, like, how they're so distrust and discord. And how then. they killed people. Mm-hmm. Like, how they like, kill people. Come on. They're probably still doing that. Yeah. yeah it's I, not I don't surprising. believe. I don't believe for a second that there still isn't sanctioned hits like that that are happening under the table. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's, that's my pet conspiracy theory. I, yeah. Anyways. If, so, if someone wants to be killed, they're going to kill them. Like, I'm not saying the FBI is the reason why Jeff Epstein is dead, but. <laughs> that, well, I, well, I mean, come on. That guy was clearly an intelligence asset, right? Yeah. I mean, he had, he had blackmail on every single prominent person. Let's be real. But like it's just proof that if they wanted to, they could kill anyone they want, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, and, and nothing will happen. It it happens in plain sight, and nothing changes. Mm, nothing because changes. There is really no sort of the the power structures don't allow it. Anyways, back to the movie. Yeah, <laughs> we're gonna be going off on this <laughs> <Yeah>. podcast. Oh, <laughs> and like I think for me, it's truly like this ending, like that final scene with Bill saying like, "Oh, I'm not like these people like nowadays." Like those ones who say that armchair, armchair um, activists. I was there on the front line. Were you, Bill? <laughs> like you were there, but you were kind of a snitch. Yeah, kinda. <laughs> no, not kind of. You were a snitch. Yeah. Like snitches get stitches. Like I'm not not out here instigating violence, Bill. But like at the end credit when they said Bill committed suicide, I was like, so be it. Like. Yeah, I, I, I mean, don't want to feel pity for Lance, this movie. But... Very clearly made it, or very was very deliberate in its effort to make it clear that he knew he was doing wrong. He knew right? I was doing wrong, and but... whether or not that extends to the person, because some people are just opportunistic and selfish, right? Um, so it's kind of hard to know what that, how that reflects reality. But just within the scope of the movie. They were trying to elicit sort of like a tragic, uh, a tragic figure. I'm not going to say tragic hero, but he was supposed to be a tragic figure. He was a tragic figure. And like, I get it, man. You're being blackmailed by the FBI. He even said the FBI is the scariest organization in the United States, you know? Mm-hmm. So like, you chose to sleep in that bed. You end up selling out Fred Hampton. Yeah. And like... It's hard for me to have sympathy, but I also get it. At the end of the day, he didn't have a choice. So, no. like, that, that's, but, that's the worst part, yeah. right? Is also, he keep in mind, he was he ori- like the real William O'Neill at the time when he was taken in was o- he was only 17 years old. So, he was yeah. only 17 years old. He was old. back Fred into Hampton a corner. Yeah. Was 21 when he died. Yeah. So they were they were all backed into corners. Yeah, yeah. Fred Hampton was. I did not was, realize he was so young. He was the so he was one of he was probably the fastest uh, Panther to actually rise the ranks in the 1960s the way he did, because um, at 21 he was already a speaker for the Black Panthers, yeah. which was crazy. Like he had so much potential, so much. Like he yeah, might have, if like... given time, he might have maybe even eclipsed like Mike uh, Martin Luther King, probably. Yeah. Yeah. And they and they knew that, which mm-hmm. is why he was killed. Yeah, that's why I had to go. And like, I feel like I got off topic about this movie. End of the day, this movie is great. You should watch it. <laughs> Sam, what's your take? Oh man, okay. Judas and the Black Messiah for me was a 
punch in the gut that, well, just met all other punches in the gut that real life had thrown towards everyone. Not just black people or people of color, but like just literally everyone um, who isn't part of the 1% or the 3%. I don't know what percentage they are now. Um, the ruling class. Yeah, pretty much. Um, it, it was it, it felt too real, which is kind of scary because the fact that it felt real means like this shit could happen. <laughs> I shouldn't have said that, but I mean, like this could have happened could've, literally yeah. yesterday. You know what I mean? Like it, it, it felt like something that could even be happening right now. You know what I mean? Um, mm-hmm. with the Brianna Taylor shooting, where that was also quote unquote a police raid. You know, like these, these, like I feel like a police raid just seems like an excuse to just like basically go mafia boss and, and or Godfather and just like eliminate someone and like all of the pieces involved, you know, it's like a trump card, you know what I mean? And I, I, it just feels that, like, we've become so normalized to that, that if someone says, oh, yeah, it was a police raid, it's like, oh, okay. Like, we don't agree with yeah. it, but we're okay you with just don't it. Think, you don't think twice about it, and mm-hmm. then the media spins it like it's a good thing. Yeah, exactly. Which is huge in terms of public perception. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's, a, that's a monstrously critical because factor police, in this whole situation. Like, Police raids literally should be like a like an extremely last resort. Like that, the, a police raid is like when this person's clearly guilty. They've bunkered down. Like anyone yeah. on the premises gets maybe shot at. Then you know, okay, this is a hostile environment. You know, like I feel like you shouldn't just, especially if the person is in like American soil or in Canadian soil, like on like in this like that country, right? I feel like you just have there's a sense of morality behind just going and go because first of all they might have neighbors you don't know if there's going to be kids around like like there's so many factors that could come into play like the neighbor who has nothing to do with it you might traumatize that person because that person's like like what the hell like you just yeah showed up and like started spraying bullets everywhere um it's irresponsible to the highest degree yeah exactly can i bring something up yeah Go go for it do you remember a couple of years back when swatting first started like getting headlines? Yeah. And remember who was made out as the bad guys in swatting incidents? It was always the person who was calling in to the police about a, a thing that leads right. to swatting. Yeah. Why is it the person who's making the call in and not Why the actual not... <laughs> yeah. police department? Exactly. Yeah. Why like... are the cops going in gun first with no intel other than a crank call? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, like, I get it. You're trying to protect your, you know, the police officers, law enforcement, whatever. That makes sense. But I feel like, I feel, I feel like I, some countries do it better than others, I feel. <laughs> Maybe that's the best way to describe it. Yeah. Like, the, I, I would want to say, like, police raids, even, I, I don't know, let's use Canada as an example, right? Like, police raids happen in Canada, maybe not as frequently as they do in the U.S., but... At least to some degree, like, I think the only one we had in Canada was really the woman in uh, Toronto who, like, I think they said the police, like, pushed her out, like, out the balcony or something like that. That's how she died. Um, right. Which, again, was unnecessary. Like, it's a it's an unarmed woman. Why are you pushing her out the window or whatever? I don't know. Yeah. I forget where they pushed her out of, but someone pushed her, and that's how she died. So it's like, why, why, like... It's a, it, first of all, that's an unarmed woman. You're a police officer who happens to be male and it's probably twice armed. the size of this woman, right? Why, like, what is wrong with you? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you... 
Mm-hmm. You have no reason to do that. Um, well, they're not tr- they're not trained to de-escalate, right? They're not trained to handle those types of situations, mm-hmm. and it just it goes haywire when they react inappropriately. Well, this is where like police reform comes in, right? Because now it's like before you're a police officer, they need to really they, like they need to revamp the whole system of training law enforcement, right? Yeah. But then also, I feel like there's people higher up in that chain who. Up, like who are fans of the way it's being done right now because they use that as an, as an excuse yeah. for their own personal the interests. Yeah, exactly. So it's deeper than just oh police reform yeah. because like you you can't reform the police, but then the people who are in charge of the police stay like as the same people. If that makes sense, like I, I don't <laughs> leadership know. Leadership is a factor. Yeah, exactly. Um, but let it let. Let's bring it back to the movie. Just yes, at least for the opening thought segments. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yes. So, so for this movie, like I, all of what I said, like that felt too real, right? Um, and then bringing it back down to like how this movie portrayed, um, I guess the the uh, perception of society that a lot of black people had in the 1960s and still have today, right? I feel like mm-hmm. most, like a lot of the black um, uh, speakers from the 1960s onwards, right? Even Muhammad Ali and whatever, they, I feel like their oppression kind of opened their eyes um, relatively sooner than everyone else to what was really going on, like going wrong with the system, right? Um, Muhammad Ali used his platform to criticize Vietnam, you know, or uh, Martin Luther King, he he attacked capitalism. Like capitalism was the main issue for him. Yeah. St. Fred Hampton said the same thing. It's the police and capitalism. And, like, it all leads up to who who has a bigger pocket, right? All of mm-hmm. these people. And, and the one thing I know is that all these people, yes, they, like, they ask for human rights and stuff like that. But they never really they never really made it seem like it's just, oh, only for black people. It was more like, no, like, this is for everyone. Like, you, you got, and like, this 3% needs to stop, you know? Yeah. So. Honestly, that sequence where they go into the rally that has, like, the... Uh confederate flag mm-hmm. and all those white guys that scene yeah. was brilliant yeah just the way he reached out and he was saying like he i think he called them the slave drivers uh the they said the black people were the slaves and then the then the ruling class was the owners or something yeah right? exactly and yeah. that point that point where he was like and what if slave drivers and the slaves turned on the owners instead mm-hmm. where would we be and that that scene was just Honestly, that was my favorite scene in the whole movie. Mm-hmm. Just the way he sort of controlled the room and so succinctly made that point. I really wish that was sort of a discourse that existed today. Right. Because it, it's so focused on, oh, Black Lives Matter is a terrorist organization or some some garbage like right. that. Where they're yeah. not they're not going, Well, no, they if BLM succeeds in their goals, it's going to help you rural white folk as well. Mm-hmm. Because th- th- this platform is for everyone. It's mm-hmm. just focused on the people who suffer the most. Mm-hmm. So I-, I really, really appreciated that part of the movie. It yeah. was stellar. It was, it was fantastic, honestly. Um, and then the aspect of, again, the system taking advantage of people in, in I guess, in, put, in, put in situations based off of their, I guess ill decision making or things like that again this dude was 17 he's a kid who probably grew up on the streets like he's probably only known crime right which again is a problem in of itself in the system but barring that aside 
the FBI found a way to, instead of us just arresting him, maybe sending him to, he's 17, let's send him to juvie or something. Like, I'm pretty sure he wouldn't have gone to jail, jail. You know what I mean? He was 17. Um, but then I'm not sure. Cause yes, but it's black. He's black. Yeah, that's why I said exactly. again, I'm not sure because that's, that's something else too. But in, in an ideal and in an idealized system, right? Juvia would probably be the next course of action, or something along those lines, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, so, just as an aside, and mm-hmm. for maybe some humor, can you imagine a seventeen-year-old kid coming up to you, going, "I'm an FBI officer. Give me your car." <laughs> <laughs> well, that's oh, where, like, God. that's where the other guy who <laughs> gave him—that's what he was doing. That's where the other guy who gave him the keys was kind of like, "Hey, like, what? you're not an FBI like, yeah, agent. Kid. Yeah, you're just a kid." So. And then he runs away. Um, which... uh, yeah, I just want to inject a bit more humor into this movie. Okay. My roommate, like, when the movie finished, and, like, the credits were coming up, and, like, Fred Hampton was murdered at 21 years old, right? Mm-hmm. And he was like, Jesus Christ, 21? Why does he look older than you, Uchi? <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> he's probably ex- seen life. I don't know. Hey, bro, that's what oppression does. It makes yeah. you grow old quick. But then, again, this is my point. We're, like... Even back then, people from struggling communities were forced to grow up faster than people in, like, the relatively well-off communities. You know what I mean? Like, it's it's still more of, like, like at 21, he was, like, a leader in the Black Panther community. That That's remarkable. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's, it's crazy where you think about it. Like, I feel like this whole concept of you need to be over 60 years old to be president. I, I think that's a load of crap. Like that, no. <laughs> like, you know, like... 100%. The, <laughs> no. No. So is the minimum age like they're, 35? It's 35. Yeah. But yeah. it seems it's like... So most sort of most people who do it are like 60-something yeah. plus. Though there there is, how old is Biden? He's in his 70s. Yeah. Yeah, man's is old. Like 76. Trump was equally in his 70s, right? Or 60s. Oh, I also wanted... Br- I want to bring this up because people forget Biden co-signed or signed the bill that oppresses black people. Hmm. A bipartisanship is working with segregationists. Mm-hmm. Um, anyways. Anyways, back to this movie. <laughs> yeah, no. So all of that aside, he like th- this movie really brought out that element of taking advantage of the people who are being oppressed by the system. To further oppress the people being oppressed by it. it's like a lit- it's it's literally like you're an ant I have a boot, and I can it crush you. Cycle. But instead of crushing you with my boot first, I'm gonna crush you with a slipper and then put my boot <laughs> over the slipper. You know, like it's like what do you expect these people to do? You know, it, it's uh, mm-hmm. man. Which is why I said it was a gut punch because it really hurt. And you know, like I, the I, I read up on the scene, the ending, the ending scene of this film where. The police officer literally points the barrel of the gun at his uh, his. I, I don't think they were married, so his girlfriend points the gun at his girlfriend's like pregnant belly, you know, and yeah. like that legit had like she in her testament, like she said that was probably why they tried to pay them off to be quiet, because she legitimately said yes that that happened. Like this police officer pointed the gun at her stomach, and was kind of like you know like kind of joking around with the other one if he should like shoot the chat like shoot the. N-word baby inside of her or whatever. Um, That's a bad look, folks. Right? And then he went, and then he points the gun at Fred Hampton, who who is drugged. And, you know, the one is like, is he still alive? And he's like, he's not breathing. I don't think he's going to make it. And then shoots him twice. 
And he's like, yeah, he's not going to make it. You know, and it's like these are things she said happened because obviously, mm-hmm. if if you live through that, you're not going to forget that night, like never. No, you know. So it's like that happened, and all the police officers involved in that situation are probably living on like good old retired money right now, enjoying life. You know, so it's it's crazy. It's crazy. Yeah, I mean, um, granted, eighty years ago, but point taken, right? Yeah, they probably had a happy happily ever after ending. Mm-hmm. Oh, and it should have been the opposite. Yeah. So it's yeah. it's it's crazy. Crazy, crazy, crazy. But big big props to this movie for like again the the people the people acting in this, the bringing to life and attention to detail of the the events that unfolded. It became much more than a movie if that which I guess that's what it was supposed to be, but yeah. It it was it was well done. The acting was amazing. Like a lot of really really good actors in this. Um yeah, it was overall like even from a film standpoint, the aesthetic of it, the way it really re, re, um, reimagined the nineteen sixties. I found it cool how they had the car with the uh, wiper blades that were like on on opposite sides, and I was like, mm-hmm. literally first time I saw it, I was like, that is so inefficient. And then Kaya is like, yeah, it's the nineteen sixties. What do you expect? And I was That's like, how they did it then. Yeah, so they I had to th- figured it all out. Yeah, I thought that was that was a really good attention to detail, and the shootout mm-hmm. with the police, and with everyone around cheering them on. I thought that was cool too, but at the same time, not really because that that is bad. Like, but but <laughs> for, you know, but it you know, I found myself being like, oh man, I wish the Panthers just like shot all the police officers. <laughs> like it was. <laughs> But then also you don't want to really say that because I don't know the police officers are probably there because it's orders from higher it's ups. It's a messy situation. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. nothing. No other way to put it, right? Yeah. Um. Yeah, I guess sort of. I have very similar thoughts on this movie, though a couple of criticisms as well. Mm-hmm. First of all, putting well, let no, let's isolate the politics before we put it aside. Politics okay. is obviously core to this, mm-hmm. and everything you said about this is pretty much spot on right it's mm-hmm. it's just an absolute travesty how these things unfolded in the past and the fact that it's still ongoing is just sort of a testament to the failure of the system mm-hmm. um now just looking at it from the standpoint of a movie i really did like it for the most part um all the acting was really good you talked about sort of the way it was shot and how it was anchored in the setting mm-hmm. um or like they really did a good job of ma- conveying that this was the 60s right mm-hmm. Um, so I guess that would all sort of be cinematography as a whole, and the acting was exceptionally well done. Mm-hmm. I mentioned that sequence where he walks in to the Confederates was really well done, but as a whole, he it was just a through line of good performance for the entire movie. Mm-hmm. Um, the only thing that I noticed that I didn't like so much, uh, well, it's actually twofold. The first is that I thought the movie sort of dragged in the middle, um, particularly the scenes with his girlfriend. And I know that because this is based on a true story, it's obviously important that they include that. Mm-hmm. But from a sort of a streamlining point, I really think we could have done without it or at least severely reduced her role in the story. Mm-hmm. And the movie would have been the same, if not a little bit better. Mm-hmm. Because there was segments where I was a little bit bored, right? Mm-hmm. Um, now, that's not to say I wasn't... Well, no, and that's that's the other thing is I wasn't necessarily interested in these parts because I knew how it was going to unfold, right? Mm-hmm. I've been steeped in this stuff for a couple of years now. I've done my research, and I was like, oh, this is about an FBI informant and a black leader. I know how this ends. Mm-hmm. Um, and 
I, I, I find this with, like, uh, even non-dramas, just regular old movies and stories as well. If I know that it ends with the character, or in this case, the actual figure portrayed dying, it, it just does something to the back of my brain where I cannot invest myself in it, right? There's mm -hmm. just sort of an emotional detachment that happens, and it kind of harms my experience. Now, I think if I hadn't gone into this movie with any context, that would have made it all the more powerful. Mm. But it's just sort of my knowledge of history kind of... or Playing a role arrogant. in that. Mm -hmm. but, it, but yeah, the fact that I kind of had an idea where this movie was going sort of ruined it for me a little bit. It, was, it made it less interesting and more depressing. Mm -hmm. um, that's the best way to put it. That's fair. So I think had it not dragged in the middle, it would have helped a lot. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, I understand why they had to include his uh, girlfriend, wife, whatever they were to just sort of be true to how it unfolded, right? Mm -hmm. So, uh, other than that, I'm trying to think of other sort of standout moments here. No, that that's it. Maybe, maybe the, uh, I did find that the sort of the shootouts that you talked about, they were exciting. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, I thought that was kind of in conflict with the tone of the movie. Mm -hmm. that, that's my other complaint. Go for it, Uchi. I feel like this movie is big moments tied together. That's a Does good that way of sense? putting it. Yeah, there was a disjointed nature to it, and the shootouts kind of contributed to that. Mm -hmm. If they had... Yeah. Um, obviously, they're, they were obviously real-life events, so they can't really skip over them. But at the same time... Well, maybe that was the point of including his girlfriend, is they were trying to tie all those threads together. Mm -hmm. But there he was trying to tie it down, humanize it, right? Connect yeah. the, the fair points. Because I think the thing is like if you just look at Fred Hampton as just the political leader, mm -hmm. he, he kind of falls into this like he messiah nature. Yeah. And I think you that's don't what want the, that. Yeah. Because at the end of the day he was a person he, he had a, person. a family he, he had he was a he was 21 a year old guy yeah 21 so. year old guy who was out here feeding three thousand kids a week he's got yeah. he's been to prison he's got a girlfriend he's got a kid coming mm -hmm. being asked a lot of responsibilities right and like if you just take away all that stuff and just look at fred hampton as a messiah figure then it's different right mm -hmm. now he just becomes Fred Hampton, the legend, you know? Yeah, I mean, let's be real. If he was a white dude, he would have been president. Oh, yeah. Oh, 100%. Like, like the guy was so clearly hyper-competent at what he did mm -hmm. that there's uh, he's just on the wrong side of things, right? Well, I don't want to say he was, wrong he was side, a, but uh, he was on the wrong side of the boot. Yeah, he was literally a prodigy <sighs> leader. Like, he was... Yeah. He was... People like him, you don't just, you don't just bump into, you know? So, mm -hmm. it's, yeah. It was definitely. But yeah, that was that was a good point, Uchi. Is it was missing a through line, and I'm not gonna pretend to know how that could have been accomplished. But it was something that kind of t like bothered my subconscious a little bit while watching the movie. Mm -hmm. um, but putting that aside, all those moments that maybe weren't quite so neatly tied together were great. Mm -hmm. It's just that the connective tissue between them was. Of okay quality, and I'll leave it at that. Overall, I thought it was a super enjoyable movie that a lot of people need to watch, particularly if they're not uh, sort of 
let's just say educated on what was happening in that era right mm -hmm. because for a lot of people this movie is going to be incredibly eye-opening yeah because like this happened <laughs> the uh, man i don't know like watching this this happened just it's like it's like I, are you telling me the NBA or that's racist yes <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's not even that they were racist it's just they were they were racist but in the bigger picture they were just like it's like i don't even know it was, it's it like they're like a hired they're, they were like a hired a hired um mu they're like hired mm -hmm. muscle for whoever was in charge of them you know what i mean yeah like if, were, it felt like they were they were given a directive yeah they were given a directive to carry out institutional oppression and they did it with like sort of machine like competence and no emotion yeah if that exactly that or at least that's how the movie portrayed it right mm -hmm. is they were just an evil machine going okay we need to disassemble this guy's movement let's get which to is it. fair because that's literally how hierarchy and with respect to law enforcement and like military goes like it's like whatever yeah if your leader says it's, sacrifice yourself, that you have to do that. Like <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. It's, if you it becomes don't, bigger than personal hatred. Yeah, exactly. So it's just it's um, which is why like in this day and age, I feel like I I, I don't know maybe I, maybe it's just me, but personally, I feel like even joining the military in this day and age seems sort of redundant because it's like if you don't trust don't your gov if you don't trust your own government why would you want to fight under like fight you know what i mean like why would you want to put your life on well, the line honestly it's, it's a racket as well because what they do is they go to poor neighborhoods and they're like hey if you sign up we can put you through college but you got to fight for 5 years mm -hmm. hey right? if and you sign up you get health care yeah it, it's it, there's oh, it, it's a mess it, there's an incentive they're structure and it is incredibly malevolent yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness. I don't it's know. just all a mess, and like, mm -hmm. I think the biggest problem is like sometimes people sit here and you think, okay, I want to criticize the government, and if you criticize the government, they suddenly attacking the country. Mm -hmm. No, you can be a patriot without being like rah 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 military. Let's go, let's go. Mm -hmm. it, it's that's not necessary. There's there's other ways to sort of express that nationalistic desire in a positive way it's just that it's manifesting extremely negatively right now mm -hmm. right which is yeah so, I, I don't know it's th this movie left a lot yeah. to to think about definitely i would say people and, need you people need yeah. to watch it for sure and i do think it's important to sort of i'm just going to continue on in my little tangent yep. here that it is important to uh, sort of channel that positive nationalism, so to speak, mm -hmm. because people legitimately want to attach themselves to some sort of like greater identity, right? Right. Yeah. So if it was possible, and let's just use that Black Panther movement for, as an example, if it was possible for people to go, I am part of this bigger thing that is doing good, mm -hmm. like that, that's a good thing. It's just that people are attaching themselves to... Uh, a movement that is blaming others for their problems, right? right? It is blaming the foreigner. It is blaming the black man. It is blaming... It, it goes on and on and on, mm -hmm. right? Instead, you should attach to movements that blame rich people. Yeah. Because... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> socialism, capitalism. It's easier to generally believe that the reason why I am not rich, the reason why I'm not successful is because of this one person instead of against the system that purposely puts me at a disadvantage to everyone else. Yeah. 
that aims to I isolate people, that aims to fracture groups. I recently looked to, up yeah. um, this uh, essay by my cousin was telling me about it, so I read it up um, on this uh, economist. I I don't remember his name right now, but I can send it, this to you guys later. But he essentially said something about how at the rate at which at which the global economy itself is going by 2035 i think that was his prediction like people like the average like you know person in a developed country would literally have to rent everything they have like you'd have to rent your apartment you'd have to rent your car or your house you'd have to like you'd even have to probably rent like the stove you cook your food on plus the pot you cook with <laughs> like everything like you can't you wouldn't be able to literally own anything anymore everything would be on a paid subscription like rent plan but the people who really own it is that one percent you know what i mean and that's crazy to think about but we're slowly Mm -hmm. getting towards that point where i mean you know you if you want a camera go rent one if you want a laptop go rent one if you want wi-fi go rent one if you want go you know go go buy a phone that you pay off over the course of five years exactly like it's like it's like and it's crazy to think about it like in 10 15 years from now like even your TV in your house, you're probably renting. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's crazy. So <laughs> go finance this TV for as little as nine ninety nine per month. Yeah, exactly. So it's it's, I it's think, crazy, crazy. I think the craziest thing is I was watching this documentary on Netflix, right? I forgot the name of it. It's uh, reinventing capitalism, rescuing capitalism, whatever it was, mm-hmm. right? The most standard thing about it is like, do you know what do you think is the lowest minimum wage in the United States right now? Like eight dollars an hour, or something. Has, isn't it? It's like one dollar something. A dollar. Okay, it's not a dollar something. Like, come on, <laughs> that's that's exceptionally cruel. But if they could get away with it, but that's what they pay in prison labor for prison labor, right? Yeah, that's prison labor. But don't forget, prisoners don't have constitutional rights. Okay, I, that's okay. We're you did there. not know that. <laughs> no, but I yes. kind of. You know, move on. Move on. <laughs> the minimum wage is seven dollars twenty-five cents. Yeah. Jeez. How? Okay, I thought you were gonna blowball me there. I know I'm aware of that fact, Uchi, and that is just wrong. <laughs> that is so messed up. Seven dollars twenty-five cents, mate. No one survives. Because no. I, I was watching the documentary, and she's like, "Yeah, I make seven dollars twenty-five cents working at McDonald's, and my rent is nine hundred dollars a month." And I was like, "But how? How do you make this work? <laughs> Probably work overtime all the time. You don't payday loans. Yeah, yeah." And uh-huh. like, let's even get off this movie because this movie was tackling the idea of like capitalism versus socialism, right? Mm-hmm. And like, I I really get I get so annoyed at like people who are like socialism is evil, right? But I can't be bothered to argue with them because I just don't have the energy to expand on stupidity. Listen, you know what? <laughs> Whenever someone says socialism bad, I say I just want to vote for my CEO. Yeah, and that that. It seems to win people over, so it's the tagline I've been using. And people mm-hmm. who say no, they they deserve it. I, I feel like I feel like whatever. because we're throwing around socialism, we should define what socialism is to people who are listening right now, because that's important. Yeah. Right. Um, I'm just going off the Google like statement here, just so it's not like I'm the one saying what it is. Um, but for those listening in who don't know what socialism is, because we throw around that word a lot. Um, socialism is a political and economic theory of social organization, which advocates that the means of production, distribution, and dist- production, distribution, and exchange should be owned or regulated by the community as a whole. 
not the one or two people who hold high, I don't know, high CEO <laughs> positions. Yeah. So, so basically it, democratize the organization of it, right? Yes, exactly. Yeah. So it's because, basically saying yeah. instead of only voting for your president, maybe vote for your, you know, the head honchos in your Amazon or Facebook as well. Yeah. <laughs> because they I, have too yeah. much power. So they have way too much power. Yeah. You know, Facebook is trying to ban news on the websites in Australia. Ban news? Yeah, news. Why? It's a whole mess. It's a whole mess. It, it gets off the top of this movie, but yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah. That, so mm, That doesn't seem right to me because their whole business model is like pushing the exact news your monkey brain wants to see to give you that hit of satisfaction and then move on, right? Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's a mess. It's a dopamine engine, is what Facebook is at this point. Well, because I mean, but a lot anyway, of people are let's saying let's burn down that, capitalism. A lot of people are saying that like cons of socialism would be like government failure, or like, uh, or like well, it'll revert yeah. back to a sovereign state where like people start electing kings again or something. And I, <laughs> hey, <laughs> guess what? They're kings in a lot of places. You don't see those kingdoms burning down. The UK's got a king, no queen. Uh, Netherlands got a king. Japan's got an emperor. North Korea's got a... <laughs> I can't believe I'm bringing up They just Korea. kind of put him in a box and don't give him any real power. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They're just like political figureheads, right? But like, this idea of like self-government, right? Because why should we trust a government where you can literally section hits on people just because they don't agree with what you do? Mm-hmm. It's like, hey, I don't think the police should be killing people. Listen, I think you should die now. Listen, I just think that we don't need you anymore. You know? Yeah. It, yeah. How are we it's, doing for time? Yeah. Um, we are doing pretty good, actually. We're at 42 okay. minutes. We can start rounding up now. That's That should be fine. Yeah. yeah. Um, this movie. <laughs> Judas and it's the Black Messiah. Movie. Final thoughts. This is like, it's a good movie. Okay, look. I don't know that this movie is about the political message, right? Mm-hmm. I can sit here. I At this point, what episode are we on? 59 almost 60 uh 58 yeah at this point if you've listened to a lot of the episodes then you kind of know my stick you know where i line politically you know what i'm going to say so you kind of knew that this movie for me would take all the right boxes and the fact of the matter that it's a true story and put fred hampton out there for more people to learn about is amazing you know Mm mm-hmm like I, I said way back when we did our first ever biopic, it's hard sometimes to judge true movies, like movies based on a true story, because I'll be like, oh, I just thought the plot was like made yeah. no sense. Like, no, that's reality is stranger than fiction, yeah. mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. <laughs> like that, That's why I'm not going to rate this movie, honestly. I'm just going to say that it is important. It's it is important, and you need, not need, but should watch it, uh, particularly if you're not really familiar with what was ongoing at the time, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, it's... I, I can read this movie. It's going to be in Northeast, right? And like, yeah. that's the end of the day, right? And like... I just think that uh, that undervalues it, because... It un- look, yeah. Yeah, these sort of historical pictures... Are more important than our arbitrary rating yeah, system. Yeah, that which is so why I'm they, just like it's. You just have yeah. to see it. <laughs> like, you just have to go see it. It's, yeah, it's a great movie that everyone should see, right? Mm-hmm. And like, not everyone's gonna watch the movie. And like, I think that's a damn shame because mm-hmm. 
it's a fantastic movie. Mm-hmm. And I think that's going to hurt the most is mm-hmm. that this movie is probably going to lose to the Oscars to something stupid like Tenet. Well, th- this, is where the, uh, this is where I was about to come in, actually, that you said this, right? It, with the slew of black, I guess, impactful... Because I, f- I feel like... Um, what's, what's the kind of... What's the kind of... I, I had this conversation with my cousin yesterday, actually, because we, we all talked. But basically, I felt that in Hollywood right now, if a, mo- if, if, uh, a, if a movie or a concept is being... Like a, a serious movie, that is or a movie that takes itself seriously, directed and produced by a person of color, and by person of color, I mean black, Asian, like you know, someone who's non-white, essentially. It kind of, the their movies right now, at the currently, almost take on a transcendent meaning when they make it to that critical level. You know what I mean? We're talking Parasite. We're talking this. We're talking um, uh, um, One Night in Miami. Uh, Minari, like all of these films made by people of color, are lit- they're literally leaving all of the, um, I guess, uh, generic like white directors in the dust because like those guys are mostly just doing, you know, what if we could go to space or what if, yeah, I don't know, what they're if doing, this person doing standard fiction track, yeah, right? I was like, what if this person Which falls has in a love place. with it? Does it honestly? It does. I'm not gonna bash in science fiction movies because I literally said my favorite genre of movies at one point was superhero movies, right? Yeah, no, so no, no I, 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 get that. Me. I get that. Um, I, I'm even leaving superhero movies because superhero movies that's a whole different ballgame. Because even now, yeah. you're having uh, people who identify as conservative or Republican trying to boycott Disney because Disney is, I don't know, promoting too many black characters right now for, for no reason, yeah. which is just they've, they've, they've turned on Miles Morales, they've turned on just the Marvel Cinematic. They're like, Chadwick Boseman's death is no right for Disney to use to increase the number of black people in Disney. And I'm like, I'm like really? You guys can't even just let this go? Like, you're, I don't yeah. understand this. You've had, you have Superman. You have Wonder Woman, who's Amazonian, just so happens to be white as well, or passes white. Like, you have yeah. so many superheroes who, Peter Parker has been white for years. You know, like, are you telling me you can't just let someone just have a ride on the roller coaster you've been on for years? Just one ride, you know what I mean? So it's it's crazy where it's like it's like we're toddlers at a playground, and then this one toddler is finally being like, okay, for thirty years I haven't gotten to go on this merry-go-round. Can I have a turn now? And you just like shove him no. and push him to the ground. Yeah, like no. why? Why? Why are you like this? Yeah. So it's crazy. Yeah. No. Um. But yeah. But my point exactly is that because of that, like the movies or films made by people of color that have made it to like the the most critical of levels almost tend to transcend the average like perception of what a film should be which is the whole concept of film as an art to begin with right like parasite was art you know minari i don't you guys haven't seen it yet it it was honestly art you know like it's done in such a way that it's relatable by not only people who identify with that culture but relatable to ev- like literally everyone white black like it doesn't matter where you're from you you still relate to those things um i'm sorry when i watch a spielberg movie about someone from the future going to the past to save someone in the i don't see myself like i don't i don't relate with that i'm just like okay <laughs> i mean it's a fun movie but like i get what you mean though. yeah it's, yeah it doesn't it doesn't have different purposes mm-hmm 
right? Is there's the one movie is escapism. It's just pure escapism, and the other is sort of I I hate this word cerebral. It's yeah. supposed to make you think, mm-hmm. right? Exactly. Um, where and, and again, there's places for both. I'm not going to bash either. I think both are important, mm-hmm. and uh, I think sort of attacking one over the other risks alienating people. Yeah, exactly. And that that's. I, that's again. It goes back to my whole thing with cancel culture. Is I I don't want to take on alienating politics mm-hmm. because it, it's antithetical to what we're trying to accomplish here, right? It's mm-hmm. you want to give people a second chance. You want to build a larger movement, and these movies are part of that. Exactly. Um, so that so it, it, it's re- yeah, it's really good for mainstreaming these mm-hmm. ideas. That exactly. It's like people on the fringes have known about Hampton and sort of the involvements with the FBI. Yeah, but now it's kind of past, made public, <laughs> literally. But now it's in a movie. Yeah. Now people are going, wait a minute. This institution maybe should be reformed, if not entirely dismantled. Mm-hmm. Right? Right. So, like, where I was coming to even just bringing, bringing it back to just yeah, as a yeah. film, right? This This year, right, we've had... Judas and the Black Messiah. We've had One Night in Miami. We've had uh, Ma Ray's Black Bottom. We've had The Five Bloods. Like, we've had a slew of black movies that have done extremely well given that they came out during COVID or when COVID was a thing, right? Yeah. Now, if after all of... And even Minari as well, which is... I, I think it's... I think it's... Is it Korean? I'm not sure if it's Korean or... Or Vietnamese. I have to look that up again. But it, it's Asian, essentially, is what I'm trying to say. So we have these all these movies who are made by people of color, right? If the Oscars ends up going to something <laughs> like How to Be a Princess or even Soul. Soul made it this year in the predictions and list as well. So And I'll give Soul because the main character is a person of color. So fine, we'll add Soul to that too. So if the Oscars... Or like best animated, you know, movie or whatever goes to some generic, pretentious, like struggling white youth or like Joker type movie. I'm like, it's it's just it's which I guess after everything that's happened in 2020, I'm sure they won't do that. So, so <laughs> if they did, if they did, it's like that. There, it yeah, no, it's not, that's at that point people are probably just gonna be like, yeah, we're not. Doing Boycott Hollywood. Um, But then also, you know, if they did that, it'd still be a bunch of white people cheering themselves on for... For, for voting Yay, on a person of color. Ended racism yeah, we, we like ended yeah. racism. Uh, guys, I literally don't even think about the Oscars. Yeah. It's just... <laughs> the, Oscars, the Oscars haven't mattered to me in a long time. The oh, only one goodness. that matters to me is the soundtrack. Because that usually means something. And even then, I'm like, oh, well, it's fine. It's just because it... <laughs> well, why, why I kind of think it means something... It doesn't mean something to us as viewers, but it means something but to the people society. in the industry. Just who make the movies. The yeah. people who make yeah. the movies, right? Like, I, I still... Like, I still want Lakeith Stanfield to get nominated for Best... Like, actual... Like, yeah. Best Supporting Actor... Or Best Actor in a Supporting Role. Or just Best Actor overall. Uh, in the past, so far, it's mostly just been, like, white man after white man after white man. And I'm like, really? Like, you want to tell yeah, me I mean, that I, no one was, like, was... Da- Daniel Kaluuya's performance right now. Like, what white actor would would be would top that for this year? You know what I mean? So it's, I don't know. 
it's crazy. It's a good point that you made, I... sort of how it influences society, and I guess that should sort of be factored in, honestly. Mm-hmm. It's it's kind of like when Parasite won the Oscar last year, right? Mm-hmm. Like going into the Oscars, everyone knew this movie was good, right? Yeah. And then it actually won the Oscars, and everyone sat like, okay. Let's pay attention. Just, let's pay attention. Yeah. Like, because mm-hmm. everyone in everyone in know knew like South Korean movies were like really good, right? Mm-hmm. They knew there's something special going on there. Everyone knew like Bong Joon Ho was like a really great director, right? Mm-hmm. But now you put him on this platform for the whole world to see. To see and it's kind of like the same thing with like black directors and actors. Like it was a big deal when Black Panther was nominated for an Oscar because everyone's just like. Mm-hmm. Okay, wait a minute. You know, Everyone went into the Spider Verse yeah. one best animated picture as well. That was that was a big time as well. Hundred so, percent deserved. That yeah. movie was so, that movie was innovative in the truest sense. Exactly. Mm. So you know that's my point. Where it's like for for a movie about a person of color to break that barrier, it just you have to make that extra jump to be like, okay, we need to blow all of the other movies out the water. We gotta be like extra special to yeah, there, you know exactly I mean? and like. Um, the Oscars will always be a double-edged sword because at the end of the day, it's kind of just like yeah. the white man deciding what's good and what's not. Yeah, which is, I guess it is Maybe what it is. If it, if it was socialized, it would be better. Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> this is true, actually. <laughs> this is very true. <laughs> All right. Well, Team that's Palpatine. A- I love democracy. That's it for this episode. Judas and the Black Messiah. Go check yeah. it out. It's on HBO Max and I think Prime? Is it on Prime? I don't, I don't, I don't, think, it's I don't think it's on Prime. Um, but can no, I, pay, can I sign them up? Bucks. Yeah. Oh, it's a Prime. Let me sign it out like I did last week. Everyone repeat after me. I am a revolutionary. <laughs> See, the thing is, you say that now, but then when a raid comes in, you're like, what? I didn't say nothing. Yes, yes sir. Yeah. Yes, hey, sir. Why do you mean I didn't say anything? I'm going to get shot. I'm black. Yeah. And I got nappy hair. I'm black with nappy hair, dude. My nose is and big. unemployed. See, that's a genuine what fear that? for me, though. Like, the fear what that I? you could just be home by yourself and just get raided on. Like, that's a genuine that fear That was low, for me. Uchi. I'm sorry. So, that was low. Yeah. That was a low blow. I wasn't ready for everybody to oh, hear that good. yet. And I feel like that should be a genuine fear for everyone, no matter what color you are. Even if you're a white person. Like, you should, like it's a genuine fear that one day the police could just get tipped, but it's wrong intel. Maybe someone said... 451 Genevieve Avenue but they went to 455 Genevieve <laughs> Avenue and you got shot you know what i mean like it literally could happen so mm-hmm. so this is where the libertarians are right exactly <laughs> so please like we need to do something about this system before more people get hurt like it's not worth it to just be quiet about these issues for sure mm-hmm. so it really yeah. is not all right <laughs> All right. That's it for this episode. <laughs> Till next time. Yeah. Till Judas and the Black Messiah. Go check it out. Peace. Peace. Peace.